passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rewind to Raw. I'm John Pollock, and I'm joined tonight by Gentleman by the name of Wei Ting, who is here with us. Hello, Wei. Hey, John. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing strong. I'm doing solid. Okay. I feel like, I feel like I've conquered the world. That's how I feel, Wei. Conquered the world? Why? What happened? What'd you do? So over the weekend, I came I came very close to my streak snapping. What Throughout streak this, is that? This entire pandemic, okay? All of 2020 and all of 2021 so far. You know how many times I've gotten sick away? Zero. Zero. I haven't gotten sick once during this hmm. whole thing. It's been the silver lining of this whole thing. But over, but over the last few weeks, uh, I, I have evaded. I have tried very hard. Uh, multiple people uh, in my household, actually everyone but me, has gotten sick. But I've avoided it, Way I've been, I've just been able to out, outsmart the influenza that is out there. But then Saturday night, I ended up, I was, I was starting to feel it on Saturday. And then it was a very, very late night slash early morning with uh, UFC going on. And Sunday, I woke up and I did not feel great. It was, it was, it was a rough day, um, as I actually conveyed to you, because you actually want to record something Sunday night and there was, there was no chance. I tapped out and I said to myself, you know what? I, I need to beat this thing. So I went to, I went to bed relatively early, woke up today way. I think I beat it. I think I'm out of the woods. It's a little, you can hear my voice is a little, uh, still a little hoarse, but I think I'm out of the woods, so to, so to speak. Mm. Well, that's good. That's, 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 that's a good feeling. Absolutely. Now I understand what you mean. I, I don't want to jinx it. I feel like already talking about it. Typically when I get sick, it's like, I just go through the whole cycle. It starts, it starts in the, the throat. It goes up to the nose, then the head. And then it mm-hmm. ends with like a cough for a week. But I think I'm through in record time. Oh, that's good. Maybe you just, you built up antibodies somehow. Your body's just so strengthened right now that, you know, colds just pass right through you. Dude, sickness, don't, don't F with me, okay? I've, I've built up. Now we're much. really jinxing it. Um, Come at me. <laughs> is this the best you've got? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you're fine because we we can't definitely we definitely can't afford you to, you to go down, John. So uh, I hope you get. Wait, it's my rest. it's my biggest concern. Okay, illness to me is it just it's everything falls apart in my mind. Uh, get, getting sick. No, it's, it's, no, it's an inconvenience. No, it's fine. no an inconvenience. whatever it happens, 
we'll, we'll, we'll make do, but hopefully for you, for your sake, you know, and your family's sake, is everybody feeling okay? Everybody Everyone else? is uh, through it. Um, Evie has been, got this cold and it's, uh, when you're, when you're under the age of one, very hard to kick a cold. So it's been like two weeks. Oh man, I'll bet. Yeah. yeah. But that's where we are. How about you? How, t- tell me about your weekend. I always ask you about your weekend, but I'm usually just racing to get to everything else. It's kind right. of an insincere question, but I truly mean, how was your weekend? I thought the weekend was good. Um, I think I tried to, you know, just stay off of uh, the computer for most of Saturday, went and had brief lunch with my family, and then um, uh, went to Pacific Mall for the first time in like two years. Oh, okay. Like. Yeah. Um, what else did I do? Did you buy some DVDs? No, uh, no, I did not. No, I don't even have a DVD player. So no DVDs. That was that was a Christmas present once that Way got for me. He got me uh, a whole gamut of DVDs from Pacific Mall with their unique artwork and uh, alteration to the titles. You gave me like eight movies or something. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's sort of the sort of the joke gift I, I used to give people, um, like like DVDs. And then, um, God, what the hell did I do Sunday? I don't remember. It's already been a day. I don't remember a thing. Oh, Actually, okay. you know, you know I, what I, yeah, I don't remember. You know what I checked out on, on Sunday night against my better judgment. I was, I was, I was adamant about not doing it, but when, when it came crunch time, I said, I gotta, I gotta check it out. Dexter, new blood. Oh, okay. And it's back. I mean, I watched the first episode. It's, um, I, I used to be a, like, like most people, I think if you got into Dexter, the early seasons were phenomenal, and then it just went off a cliff with one of the all-time horrendous finales that they, they could have done. But it's been eight years. I've watched it. I'll probably check out episode two, but I, I'm not committing for the whole 10-episode run. But first episode, like I give it, I give it a moderate pass, but not an overwhelming one. Okay. Interesting. You you um, were not a Dexter viewer, I'm guessing, based on no, your not lack at all. Of, lack of interest in this topic. I'm interested, but um, not. I'm interested just uh, you know for for your sake. Um, no, I I I didn't even know it was back. It is back, and he's uh older. He's living in the woods in a small town. His mm-hmm. girlfriend is the sheriff in town, and he works at a shop where he distributes uh, firearms to uh, patrons. Sells guns, knives, other um, hunting equipment, and he is trying to suppress the urge to kill. Spoiler. Well, he kills somebody. Hmm. Well, um. Or it comes close. I actually, I actually have not finished the the final like five minutes of the episode, <laughs> so I cannot say actually with certainty that the man died. But it's trending that way. Oh, I mean, how many shows are you actively following? Oh, very few. I'm watching... Well, I'm not going to consider Dexter. It was like a really um, spur-of-the-moment watch. And I got to be very strategic with shows because it's not just... I don't just watch out of... Uh, it's it's a commitment. If I'm sitting down, I'm, I got to get through whatever this season is. So I'm watching Succession. Uh, I'm watching Kim's Convenience. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's about cool. it. Maybe, maybe Dexter will make it onto the rotation. Mm, okay. I'll keep us updated. Did you watch Succession yet? No, no. I, I mean, um, I typically have to watch them after 
I, oh. I don't really get to them until like you know later on in the week. So, uh, is it good? Uh, a little slow going, but um, strong, strong ending. Uh, that, that there was some, there was some very, there was some very good scenes involving. Uh, well, I, I don't want to. Everyone always gets on me when I talk about. Oh, oh, you ruined it. They, they had opening credits this week. I, I wanted to be surprised. So I don't know what I can say and what I, I can't say. So I tell just, us what. I mean, just it. tell me whether or not you enjoyed it. That's uh, all. By the end, it, it was a nice uh, kind of twist at, at the end for sure, and there's some very good acting. Okay. W- one one scene in particular where less is more uh, was really defined in this, hmm. in this one scene. Some some great emoting, I will say. Did you know okay. uh, Kieran Culkin hosted SNL on Saturday? I watched a bit of it, yeah. It was hilarious mm-hmm. that they pulled that clip from when he was on with Macaulay Culkin 30 years yep. ago. It's a great yep. clip. Kevin Nealon looking like, who the hell is this kid? Yeah. Just lifting, lifting him up. Him up. Like, <laughs> it's great. Kevin Nealon was the star of that moment. Mm-hmm. I have no energy today, dude. I'm sorry, oh, man. I'm sorry, I'm just waiting man. for this Raw review to start. This was an amazing oh, episode of Raw that we're going to get into. I was just kind of, yeah. you know. I appreciate the small talk as, as always, okay, but I'm, okay. I'm just not feeling it today. Okay. Being honest, everybody. Shut up, John. Let's let's get going. It's it's fine. Uh, I, I'm like this 90% of the time. I just hide it well. Uh, coming up this week on the site, we have uh, a lot coming at you. Way... He's, He's going to have to find some energy, folks, because he is reviewing the Eternals tomorrow, and we will find out if his uh, if his low energy is eternal or not. But he will be joined by WH Park for uh, a much needed MCU later. Is this is this MCU later? Is this uh, a spinoff? Yes, of it is. It's MCU later. That's what yes, I thought. Yes, it is. Uh, so you uh, spoiler, you guys have watched the movie, and the review is coming out Tuesday for all cafe members. Uh, I look forward to listening to this because uh, cards on the table. I'm probably not going to get out to see this movie so i'm going to listen to your review and that's going to dictate my enjoyment of the film so a lot I'm, of pressure on you too well I, i'm uh, this is going to be an interesting review because i uh, like i've recorded it kind of with you in mind thinking how long is john pollock possibly going to last through a discussion about celestials and um uh just all this fucking crazy shit that is unlike really any other MCU movie. It's 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 um it's very it gets very nerdy. So um I I don't know quite frankly it's, if you'll it, if it you'll make the, it through. It's the enjoyment of you and WH. It's like okay, you want to keep up with us, and then it's just we're gonna go into deeper and deeper water, and then suddenly we're talking about uh oh man, did you did you see the uh the glimmer in his eye? That's clearly a sign that like the 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 orcas it's the orcas that are coming from um the fifth the fifth dimension and you know about the fifth dimension right way and at that point i'm like oh man i'm back in the third dimension well uh i i please if you try i i'd love to know your thoughts of course um but yeah i actually spoiler alert recorded it already with wh this afternoon and we will detail our experience and uh i really enjoyed talking to him in, in particular it's a very divisive movie so we'll get all into maybe the controversy of Ooh. this being the worst Rotten Tomato scoring MCU movie to date, as well as uh, just a lot of the ins and outs about our particular thoughts about the comic book accuracy of the film. Uh, so if you check out the movie, listen to it if you're on the Post Wrestling Cafe. Oh, I love it. I love that there's a controversy attached to this particular film. Tuesday night, Braden and Davey are live with Up Next twitch.tv slash up next podcast. Uh, 
Have you been watching these ads for NXT? Like tonight, if you were not a viewer of NXT 2.0, you would assume like this is a reality show about toxic attraction. That's what Tuesday nights are. It's just I, tune in for toxic attraction. That's the pitch. Yeah, I skimmed through it and it was really just a shot of Mandy Rose walking out. So that seems to be their big selling point. That's it. Like not anything about matches or even what toxic attraction are doing. It's just tune in for Mandy Rose and her friends. On Wednesday, Wayne and I are live with Rewind Dynamite. Uh, Thursday, Martin Bushby, Benno, and Andy Ogden reunite for the British Wrestling Experience. You can also check out Martin's interview with Andy Colden that has gotten a lot of praise in uh, many circles of the wrestling community. Friday night, Rewind to SmackDown. I'm back on Friday night. Cannot wait to chat with Way about SmackDown and Rampage. And then the weekend hits Way. A quiet weekend we've got. The NWA podcast dropping Saturday morning. Nate Milton, Chris from L.A., and Andrew Thompson chatting all the latest. And then Saturday night, it is our Full Gear post show. Full Gear, yeah, full Saturday gear. night. It's a big one. Do you it feel it? It's a big show. What's, what's the hype level for you? Uh, I think pretty... I'm, <laughs> I have never been more uh, interested in a countdown show. Okay, Mm. I think they have the ability to knock this one out of the park between Omega and Page and just give us like 10 minutes of sit down back and forth with Kingston and CM Punk. And we're good. Like you don't even have to focus on the whole card, just the the top matches. Yeah, they have a lot to cover, really. And And Miro and Danielson like, oh, Mm -hmm. please, please put Miro in a confessional. And he is speaking to God right before he goes to war. I will in bring what setting? I will bring I am about to commit a sin, Father. And what forgive setting will, me for I will sin. This would be great. And what setting will Brian Danielson be in? Uh, Whole Foods. And he's saying that I I am out to end a meat eater named Miro. Wow. A man who knows nothing about minimalism. He rode around in a tank. He is disgusting. Yeah, you know how much gas? Those things use? Oh, my God. He just, like, took aim at the ozone layer and shot holes through it. That's mm. That was Miro. And then Sunday, WrestleNomics Radio, the Sunday night staple now at postwrestling.com with Brandon and Chris. A great debut episode here on the network going through the uh, Q3 earnings and uh, lots of great discussion. Uh, breakdown of Nick Khan. It's always great. You get to hear the clips, and then they translate. It's like, this is what, this is what Nick Khan's talking about here. It really is the perfect week. To, for WrestleNomics to debut on our network because um, I can't think of a better, more appropriate week than, uh, of topics for them to have to cover, you know, besides the Q3 earnings and then Christina Salen, the CFO, being out, uh, leaving the company and, of course, all the unfortunate talent releases. But Brandon and Chris do a great job of not just uh, talking about those particular topics but giving us a bit of WrestleNomics 101, telling us why. If you aren't really interested in all this stuff yet, why we should be interested, why ratings are important, uh, and they are going to be our go-to every single week now for topics like that. WrestleNomics Radio, the scoreboard of professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. All of the the schedule can be seen at postwrestling.com. Check that out. And Way and I are doing daily news updates. Oh, we are. Yes. Remember? I forgot. (laughs) Yeah. Every day. Every single day, we'll be at the Post Wrestling Cafe at youtube.com slash postwrestling talking about the news of the day of the past 24 hours. Yes. Uh, audio version can be uh, 
is there for Post Wrestling Cafe members only. So you can check it out either in video form or audio after one week. The good, the bad. Give me your assessment quickly. How, how did it work out for you? I mean, it's mostly good, you know, especially for the audience. Um, everybody. Oh, for you, eh? Don't worry about the audience, okay? We want to know about you. Uh, it's, 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 you know, double the, double the, the, the effort, I suppose. And it's not really, really so much the recording of it. It's, you know, more so the, the processing and and the tweeting and all this and posting on all this other stuff, which I'm hoping to streamline and do a bit faster. You know, ultimately I'm hoping to do these live. It's just having to find the time to like, you know, set everything up, which, which gets more and more difficult with, with all the, uh, the shows that we have to cover. So I, I, I can see this working out it just you know it just takes time to kind of finesse we're gonna we're gonna find uh the the balance way that's what that's what we're seeking okay post wrestling is about balance that's our Mm. that's our buzzword okay okay cool i like it all of the news uh will be covered on a tuesday show so we'll get into uh the smackdown and rampage numbers and uh quite a bit uh that was going on throughout the day uh we did cover most of it uh, earlier today in the news update Uh, A lot of New Japan news, including our thoughts on Power Struggle, the passing of Angelo Mosca, uh, plenty to check out uh, there. YouTube.com slash post wrestling. And I'll just state uh, before we get into the raw review, our condolences to the Bagwell family is that Judy Bagwell, who people will remember from her stints in WCW, the mother of Marcus Alexander Buff Bagwell, uh, passing away on Friday at the age of 78. So our condolences to her. Um, Certainly a, a figure in, in WCW that found herself in many, many interesting scenarios as brief WCW tag team champion uh, on a forklift at the New Blood Rising mm-hmm. pay-per-view. Famously, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, our condolences. I, I I mean, it's, uh, I imagine, one of the hardest things a human being can go through. So very our condolences do. to the Bagwells. Yeah, very, very difficult time. Uh it had been mentioned that she had been suffering from dementia and that's just uh, that that's extremely rough for anybody to go through, uh, not just the individual involved, but uh, family around you as well. So anyway, our condolences to the Bagwell family. And again, all of uh, the latest news will be covered on Tuesday, but tonight's episode of raw taking place from the KFC yum exclamation mark center in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where were we? The Dunkin' was, Donuts was Center last, last week, and now we're at the KFC Yum Center. When was the last time you you've been to a KFC? Oh Jesus! Um, Fifteen years, twenty years. Was that was that the place you got sick at? I have I got food poisoning twice at oh. the KFC at the the same location at at the same mall uh, when I was when I was young. And I learned my lesson. I was like, okay. No more KFC. I don't want to get sick again. You swore I've, been, KFC? I've been battling sickness my entire life. My, it's, how do I outsmart the system? Stay away from KFC is number one. Or maybe just KFC at that mall. I mean, like I mean, this is a, this is a brand KFC. that for for their their marketing, they don't want to be called Kentucky Fried Chicken. They don't even want to identify with what they are. It's like the the That's, sports entertainment. That was always the rumor. Like, oh, they're not calling themselves K- Kentucky Fried Chicken anymore. What could they possibly be using instead of chicken? And I think it's still chicken. Pretty sure it's still chicken. I would love if they had an alternate word for chicken. Meat supplement. Mm, chicken. Um, uh, d- dinner. 
course, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you, else you can That's get the thing with chicken. ice cream, isn't it? You know, like when you buy um, ice cream, I mean, if you buy the cheaper ones, it's it. they call it frozen dessert because it's not made with real cream. Well, they're sticklers for details. Or legalities, yeah. Well, this this is the arena. I, I don't think it was ever once uh, identified on this broadcast that where where they were inside of. Yeah, the, and that's the KFC Yum Center is going wild for Kevin Owens. <laughs> that was never said by Jimmy Smith. Well, the, well, when will Madison Square Garden change its name to something ridiculous like this? When will some major company like a, uh, I don't know, like Taco Bell Garden? Yeah, that's Yum actually. Same company. Oh, is it? No, I, I, I believe track. it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like the the Blue Chew Square, square Guard, the Manscape. I'm just thinking about podcasting, <laughs> advertising companies. Uh, <laughs> the Fleshlight Garden. Like when? Do, when are they going to like? What? What do we draw the line? You know, standing about, oh, ovation the- for the. Blue Chew audience. Yeah. Let's move. Okay. Biggie and Kevin Owens are hanging out in the back, just just chilling. And Biggie is rubbing cocoa butter on himself while Kevin Owens is pleading his case that he did not realize that Rollins had struck him last week. And Biggie ends this conversation by saying, I don't care, and walks off. And this was the the trial of Kevin Owens tonight as he was pleading his case to a lot of people that totally didn't care. Or didn't believe him. Yeah, they have their yeah. own problems to deal with. That's that's that was kind of the feeling of it here. But Kevin Owens was the the central figure of Monday's Raw. He absolutely was, yep. Started the show and certainly ended the show as the talk of the show. Um and I thought this was a nice little way to set it up in a brief setting. It it feels kinda unusual for them to basically start the show off with this little backstage interaction, just, you know, a few minutes. And I thought it was quite effective because these two are, I think by wrestling standards, pretty strong actors. Seth Rollins comes out in this hideous outfit. He basically is like when you would have your creator wrestler and it's Seth Rollins coming out, but you've assigned him like Sami Zayn's entrance. So you're mm. watching another guy do someone else's entrance. That's kind of what he's morphed into now. He just looks ridiculous mm. coming out. It, and that's, that is kind of the character. He's your top heel that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's pretty much, um, I think, the one-line definition of, of his current character. And it doesn't stay as one iteration either. He seems to constantly just be evolving the ridiculousness of it. He says that him and Owens came up together, and one thing that you can count on is that Owens will stab you in the back any chance he gets. Ask Sami Zayn, Kofi Kingston, The New Day. He calls Owens a paramecium and an amoeba. Mm-hmm. The lowest uh, life form, the most simplest life form. I, I mean, it's... Uh, it's once a rating you assigned to show. It is, yes. He's a same, snake. Same wavelength. A coward, he's gutless, and he's a lahooser, channeling his best dumb and dumber impression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dreadful. 
Owens charges the ring and Rollins escapes and runs through the crowd and they will be in the main event later on in the show. So you got to wait three hours for this match. RK bro is in the back and Riddle says they're going to be a super team like the Eternals or Voltron. Mm hmm. Yep. Two teams. Orton is upset with Riddle from last week when he got mauled by Omos. I don't know why Orton would be upset about this. He's like, you are fine. Who cares about Riddle? I guess I guess he does have a, a bit of a care for this, this tag partner of his. And Orton says, I don't care about the Street Profits, who they're teaming with. And it turns out Ford and Dawkins are standing right behind him. So Orton turns around and says, yeah, I don't care about any of you. And you're all on your own if you have a vendetta against Omos. So we started off with an eight-man tag that uh, took up a lot of time in the first hour. We basically got a long match in the first hour, a long match in the second hour with the six-way, and then a really long match at the end of the show. And that that was raw, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Again, it's not a show you watch, I think, for... Well, I mean, it is. Like, I thought you had some pretty good wrestling here, but it's not going to be throughout the entire three hours, for sure. So uh, it was Orton Riddle, a.k.a. Voltron, and the Street Profits against AJ Styles, making his first appearance since Crown Jewel after he had been gone. Omos, Dolph Ziggler, and Robert Roode. And this was almost like two mat- two tag matches, but put together in an eight-man tag. So what we did for the first half of the match was get the heat on Riddle forever. He was just beaten down in the heels corner and eventually, he made the hot tag to Randy Orton. He came in. He had his his big sequence with Dolph Ziggler, like Power Slam, draping DDT. And then they end up getting the heat on Montez Ford after Omos returns. And we get the second half of the match, which is the heat on Ford and build up to his hot tag to Dawkins. And that is how we arrived at a match that went over 22 minutes. Um, the It culminated with... Uh, Dawkins receiving that hot tag and Riddle comes in. They all take turns against Omos and everyone but Orton gets laid out, including Riddle with the tree slam and everyone's chanting for Randy to stand up to Omos. And just as Orton is about to enter the ring, the dirty dogs pull a dirty move by pulling Randy Orton down to the floor and Ziggler steals the tag as Omos is going to tag AJ, and we've got the heels all arguing with one another. Omos gets pissed, throws Rude into the barricade, and Ziggler finally covers Riddle, who has been selling this tree slam for about an hour, and pins him at 22.05, and then Orton RKO Ziggler after the match. I thought it was definitely very ridiculous that Orton, after all of this arguing on the outside uh riddle i mean uh still manages to just accept this pinfall one two three it was really long like it was like two minutes of laying there as the heels all argued it was um yeah it it was exceptionally long Mm -hmm. i thought it made him look pretty weak but i mean the story is he is helpless Against Omos. And I suppose a tree slam from Omos is that devastating. God. I, um, Listen, for all we can say about Omos, my God, do they protect this guy. I mean, he was, he came in and then they go to break. We come back, he lands a boot and then he tags right out. I mean, it is, it, they are extremely careful with him, but 
the audience is into this Omos Randy tease. It was like one of the few things like they they really did get into here. Yeah, that's true. I think they're doing a good job overall with him. I I I'm not exactly sure like you know the the idea behind this Randy Orton character. I don't know if if they're trying to make him look suspicious for not helping Matt Riddle or if it's because he are supposed to actually believe that he's getting stopped legitimately at the last minute all the time. Um or if he's scared or if he's scared of Omos. I I don't know. What do you think? Uh, they're not going to make Orton scared in this in this story at the end of it. I think they're just trying to hold this off and really make people want this. Uh, and and I think you can get away with it's it's very hard to do a singles match with these two, but you have to do it at, at this point. And I guess they they are going to wait until they have the confidence in Omos to do it. The question also becomes when you do this. It's not as though you have a big event to hold this off until. I mean. Are they going to go until that January pay-per-view, or is this eventually just going to get paid off on Raw? Mm-hmm. January would be all right. I guess so. They've, I mean, my God, they've they've held off Omos uh, from a singles match this long. Uh, they could they could wait another month and a half. Uh, but anyway, it was a uh, it was a lengthy match, uh, over twenty two minutes uh, to take up most of this opening hour. Backstage, Ray and Dominic are getting ready to come out when Kevin Owens walks up to them and he values Ray's opinion and he needs to know that Ray believes him. And Ray says, man, my head's spinning. I got a lot going on. And before he is forced to give an answer, his music plays and he's got to leave with Dominic. As Corey Graves says that like Michael Myers, Kevin Owens will have a hard time rehabbing his image. Hmm. Okay. Do you agree? Um, You're a Halloween fan. Yeah, I don't know, Michael. Michael Myers. Um, or does he mean uh, the Canadian? Does he mean Austin <laughs> Powers? Yeah. After um, his image is fine. The image. The image is fine. I mean, he's had he, he's had his big hits. He's had he's had the odd. Uh, he had a terrible one, didn't he? Have like some what was what was it? Some genie thing. Yeah the the hockey one. What was it called? It was dreadful. The love guru. The yeah, love guru. He needs to rehab himself after that. You know what? He, he's, doing, he's doing fine. Um, there was a promo for Veer Mahan, who is still on his way to Raw. And Dominic and Ray come out for an odd segment. So Adam Pierce is in the ring and was getting booze, uh, stemming from the Lesnar angle. And Pierce goes over the history of the Survivor Series that includes the debuts of The Undertaker, The Shield, and The Rock. And the traditional elimination matches have pro- propelled Roman Reigns and Randy Orton into superstardom. He says that over the weekend, when naming the members of Team Raw, he made a mistake because every member of the men's team is a former world champion, except for Dominic. And that's a big issue for Adam Pierce because he wants to sweep SmackDown just like they did last year, 5 nothing. So he tells Dominic, you're still on Team Raw unless you lose tonight to Bobby Lashley, who comes out. Now, my number one question is, when if, if Adam Pierce assembled Team Raw, who assembled Team SmackDown? 
Sonia? Why was Sonia at Raw tonight with the no, women's you're right. team? No, the, the, maybe, this, I mean, he assembled them both. This he guy has both. been overseeing both shows forever. True. And all of a sudden, he is now rooting for Team Raw to win? <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah. On SmackDown, he, he will cheer for SmackDown. But on Raw, he's cheering for Raw. This was just unforgivable storytelling. Yeah. Hmm. Give me any kind of reason for this. So Dominic is thrown to the wolves against Bobby Lashley. Uh, Dominic just got murdered in this match. Uh, it was Lashley's return. Who's, he's been off since the Goldberg match. And he applies the hurt lock, uh, but he won't let Dominic tap out. So he continues to just throw him around. Uh, Dominic tries to get some offense. He's caught. He gets lifted on the shoulders, and Ray pulls Dominic off of Lashley's shoulders. So Lashley drops Ray and then drives Dominic into the post, spears Dominic, hurt lock, and Dominic taps in five minutes and ten seconds. Now, the worst thing about all of this was there was... Like, your audience, the goal for this, to me, would be your audience has sympathy for Dominic, that you feel he's been wronged. And really, at the end of this, it's like, if you're assembling a team, yeah, I want the best guy on my team. He went out. He destroyed this guy. It's not like he stole the spot from him. And he won. And this babyface just looked completely incompetent by the end of it. Like, completely inferior, I should say, instead of incompetent. Definitely, yeah. Well, I mean, it it kills Dominic for sure. Um, I, I thought this like really did a number for like wherever you want to slot Dominic. Like, obviously, is not a top end babyface, but this just so painted him as a nothing. Well, I don't think he's supposed to be anything in this feud. I mean, it it looks like they're trying to build up towards Ray versus Bobby Lashley coming off of this, and as such, he needed to beat up his son. I think you're supposed to feel bad for Dominic because, you know, Lashley could have finished him in two minutes if he wanted to, but he decided to let go of that hurt lock to punish him a bit more and was basically punishing him, you know, a lot more than he needed to. So that's that. That was that. And they asked, can Bobby Lashley and Rey Mysterio coexist on the same team? Probably not. They will implode. Probably going to fight. Alpha Academy was with Seth Rollins, and they're asked about the Owens situation. Gable points out that he's got a master's degree and therefore can categorically confirm that Kevin Owens is a liar, just like Aaron Rodgers. And Seth, the heel, says, oh, Aaron Rodgers, I hate that guy. Um, Are you, are you following everything with no, Aaron Rodgers? No, not really. Tell me what's going on. Well, uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, decided he was not going to get vaccinated. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. And got his medical advice from Joe Rogan. I just found it odd that your heel is like saying, oh, Aaron Rodgers, I hate that guy. Oh, well, depends who, who you ask. I guess so. I guess so. Big E versus Chad Gable, a non-title match. They had a five-minute match here where... Uh, Graves states that Reigns is waiting in the wings for Big E at Survivor Series, and they officially confirmed that that match would take place, uh, as will Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. So making those title matches confirmed. So we have four matches for Brooklyn. Uh, Gable hits a dragon screw out of the corner, 
and then a moonsault from the top where it looked like he just dropped his knees onto Big E and then hit this amazing-looking chaos theory, uh, bridging for a two-count. E comes back, Uranagi out of the corner, and big ending for the win in 456. Good match. Glad they're giving Gable so much in-ring lately. Um, You know, even though he's only really meant to be a precursor to Otis, but I thought it was nice that they gave him substantial time to impress here. Yeah, so after the match, he does a face-off with Otis, so obviously they're going there. We have gone now where we have so many matches built up for Big E. We've got Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins with the contract, Kevin Owens, and Otis. Like, he's got, he's got like two months of programs here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a lot of TV. Yeah. You got you to gotta fill all this time. Owens is speaking to someone off camera who he calls a locker room leader, and it's R-Truth and hoping to make his case to him. R-Truth says that he believes in Kevin Owens. He believes in Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, Monsters Under the Bed, the Leprechaun in the Hood. He believes that Earth is flat, but is also round in some parts. And Owens walks away. Yeah. Haha. <laughs> Our truth. Hilarious. Pearson DeVille are in the women's locker room. So we have one side of the locker room with Team Raw. And then on the other side, we have Dewdrop, Dana Brooke, and Nikki Ash, who were not chosen for the team game. And the winner of tonight's Fatal Five-Way will get a shot at Becky Lynch. Dewdrop and Brooke make their cases why they should be in the match. Brooke says she's paid her dues and deserves respect. Nikki says, I've been a women's champion, for Christ's sake. And Rhea stands up for Nikki as Zelina and Carmella make fun of her. Yeah, you know, this is our third week of the Zelina Vega accent, and at this point, it's, you know, it's obviously not accurate, nor meant to be, nor is it funny at all, in a sort of exaggerated sense, the way you might have had with, like, a King Booker. Um, It just kind of exists in that place where you're not even entirely sure, at times, if she's even trying to do the accent. Um, like you, you're, you're certainly not sure if she's trying to do it to be accurate or if she's trying to 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 do it to be funny. So I don't. The, the consensus I don't know how much is of a reaction. Yeah, the the consensus is it's awful, and the debate is is intentionally awful or a byproduct is resulting in it being awful. But it is awful. Yeah, or just apathy. You know, like it. It's just kind of there. It clearly, it's like it's the this queen gimmick is clearly the type of queen gimmick that has been given to her. Whereas you see Xavier Woods, that's clearly somebody who wants this gimmick. He not he's passionate about it. He's shooting his own commercials on on or sorry his own videos uh, as part of it on on Twitter. Like he's enthusiastic about the king gimmick. Zelina, you you know it's just something that was handed down to her. And what's frustrating is that we have seen Zelina, especially last year with with Andrade uh, and Angel Garza, like she's a very good talker. And mm-hmm. this like really takes all of that away when she's just it just feels like such a struggle with, with this accent. And I I'm not a fan of it at all. Dominic is getting checked on in in the trainer's room. He's got a neck strain, and Ray is pissed. He is so pissed he he can barely get all of his words out here. He said that they should be questioning Adam Pierce's integrity, and his word. He had to talk about how they added Lashley 
and his he, it comes out so fast. He's like, if they wanted to add Lashley, he should have just added Lashley and that. And what he was trying to say was that if you wanted to replace Dominic, you should have just replaced him. You shouldn't have gone through this massacre of my son who is in way over his head. And then throughout all of this, Austin Theory comes in and takes a selfie without the two realizing it. So not not a great night for the Mysterios. Right. Yeah. So there you go. Reggie and Drake Maverick for the 24-7 title. This was just an excuse to have a bunch of title changes. So Maverick won the title with a roll-up. You guessed it. Tozawa then beat Maverick. Benjamin and Alexander are out. Corey Graves pins Tozawa for the title. Byron wins the title. Then Drake Maverick wins the title back. And then Reggie hits a twisting crossbody. And the whole segment resets with the original champion. Yeah, I feel like they haven't done one of these multi-switches in, in a bit of a while, but I thought it got an okay reaction here, I suppose. You know, it was a decent surprise to see Graves and Saxton jump in and get their WWE title reigns officially. So, Huge moment great. for them. Mm-hmm. Becky Lynch came out and joined commentary for the next match, and throughout the night, they were doing a big push for WrestleMania tickets going on sale this week for the two nights at AT&T Stadium and showing shots of The Undertaker at the Cowboys game on Sunday, including meeting uh, George W. Bush. All right. Bel Air and Dewdrop meet backstage, and Dewdrop points out that Bel Air has lost multiple title matches, and she says, I speak for everyone, and Bel Air cuts her off and says, no, you speak for yourself. And she made her entrance. So our Fatal Five-Way featured Bianca Belair, Carmella, Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, and Queen Zelina. Uh, we had several promos, including a Zelina one with her, her bad accent. And the winner of this match will get the shot against Becky Lynch at a date to be determined. So they all brawl on the floor before the match begins. We go to commercial. We come back, and for some reason, Rhea's music is playing. And even Rhea, like, looked around, like, what's going on? Why is my music playing after uh, we had all made our entrances and did a whole brawl spot through the, the commercial? But the match begins. Zelina and Carmella are arguing with one another over who is going to get the pin. Becky was, was I thought, very good on commentary here. She is very fast on her feet. Uh, she said that this match features four history makers and Liv Morgan. She noted, like, Belair winning the Rumble, Carmella winning the first women's Money in the Bank ladder match, Ripley being an NXT women's champion, uh, and then Queen Zelina winning the Queen's Crown tournament, and then Liv Morgan, who's done nothing, according to Becky. And then Becky starts saying how the fans have changed their opinion of her, but I'm still Becky from the block. And she starts trying to quote J-Lo, but unfortunately she got J-Lost here. <laughs> Liv hit the double knees onto Bel Air, and then Carmella swung around for this really badly timed spinning face buster. They just had their signals crossed. Uh, Zelina hit an excellent looking tornado DDT onto Ripley for a two count, and they were left together for a few moments. Bel Air then military pressed Zelina to the floor onto the other women. We come back from break, and it pretty much uh, comes down to Ripley in the ring with Liv, and they're going, uh, Ripley's going for the Riptide. Sorry, this is uh, Bel Air and Ripley. And then Liv comes in to break up the Riptide uh, cover. 
Liv then counters a Riptide and hits her move, the Oblivion. Zelina runs in, and as Zelina sets up for the Code Red, Belair lifts her up and goes for the KOD when Dewdrop pulls Bianca out of the ring, sends her into the post. Carmella tries to steal the cover, but it is Liv Morgan using a crucifix to pin Carmella, getting the win, and Liv Morgan will try and become a history maker, challenging Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. I thought the most of the match was pulled off quite well. Um, I think, you know, the purpose of this match was to put enough spotlight on Morgan to present her as a viable challenger in one episode. And they did that by having her shine throughout the match and also having Becky continue to focus on her and driving her up as sort of a a main antagonist for her. So I thought they did a good job there. And then at the same, at the same time, they had the task of protecting Bel Air enough to make sure that the audience still sees her as the ultimate destination for Becky. So uh, all in all, I thought it was an entertaining, fast-moving match that accomplished its goals. Yeah, it was... Uh, I, I think with Bianca Belair, I think they have to be very careful with her and kind of th- these two championship losses almost like on back-to-back weeks. I I just don't want to see her... I think like Dewdrop, it's a it's a good program to kind of get her away from the title picture after you did these title matches immediately, like one with Charlotte, one with Becky, and you've done, like you were even bringing up here like all the times that she has lost to Becky. So I think Dewdrop is a good distraction, and you've got the Survivor Series, which you can really make her shine. But I do think they kind of have to take a break from that program before you go back to it, because I think when you go back to it, she's she's got to like come out on top. Yeah, it seems to be the direction. Um, I don't see any other reason to turn Dewdrop. Rollins met up with Biggie, and Rollins says, you can't believe what Kevin Owens says. He says, yeah, I did hit you last week, but it's better to trust the devil you know than the devil you don't know. Biggie doesn't trust either one, but he will be out ringside tonight. Austin Theory comes out. He takes selfies with the announcers, but then Biggie, who is already ringside, swats away his phone. Rollins comes out and he says it was all a plan between me and Kevin Owens to make Biggie realize he was not the face on Raw. I'm coming clean because I'm a man of integrity. And Owens comes out furious at these lies, or are they lies, and attacks Rollins. And then we go to commercial and they did a big plug for the Survivor Series and the history of the event. And they they decided to focus mostly on the Survivor Series from 1997 which, if you remember, was headlined by Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. And this was the selling feature for uh, this year's Survivor Series 24 years later. Oh, that was a pretty pretty memorable one. It was, yeah. it was jarring to go from uh, <laughs> this whole championship controversy in 1997 to now. Like, just, just imagine this, uh, this same predicament for like, Big E going into Survivor Series. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't imagine anybody. Do you imagine the championship being so uh, hotly contested? Uh, oh, who cares? These... Yeah, you want you want me to lose? Like, yeah, whatever. You have two championships. Who cares? Reggie had cr- reasonable creative control <laughs> for his final thirty days, and he wouldn't drop the twenty four seven title, even though they had twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, to try and get the yeah. belt off him because he was going to go to the rival company. Biggie refuses to take his nameplates off of his championship. <laughs> so Rollins and Owens took up the final half hour of the show. This was like a 23 plus minute match. 
Uh, early on, Owens hits him with a senton and cannonball on the floor, lands on the knees with the swanton. Uh, that takes us through our first commercial. Rollins is in control. Uh, Rollins misses with a splash from the top. So Owens hits his own splash, but he is selling his ribs and he's selling them like in a big way. We go through another commercial break. Owens counters uh, Rollins and hits a fisherman buster off the turnbuckle and then gets caught with a pedigree. Yeah. Was this a turn? Send Rollins back. He's a heel. Does that like reverse his, his healness? I don't, I think it just cemented. it. I'll tell you, this crowd uh, had absolutely no reaction to this, this pedigree. So if, Co- if Cody yeah. is judging things based off the KFC Yum Center reaction, he might be uh, overstating <laughs> things. So Owens kicks out of the pedigree. Rollins then gets knocked down on the turnbuckle. He slips under, carries Rollins across the ring for a buckle bomb. And as he goes for the stomp, Owens catches him with a pop-up power bomb for a two-count the stunner gets stopped, and Rollins attacks the ribs further of Owens. And then Rollins, on the floor, leaps off the steps and gets sent into the chair that Big E had been sitting in. But Big E clearly had seen this spot mapped out because he was way gone by the time they crashed into the chair. And then, as they're trying to get back into the ring, Rollins climbs back in, but Owens is blocked by Big E, who doesn't realize he's blocking Owens who gets counted out. Yes. Count out finish here in the main event of a, of this show after 30 minutes. So pretty unsatisfying. I have to say. Yeah. Good match uh, though. Otherwise they, they had a very nice match together. It was, uh, it ate up the final 30 minutes of the show. And the idea here was, you know, Biggie did not purposely block Owens, but Owens snapped after this count out loss to Seth Rollins and he starts attacking Big E. He sends him into the steps, delivers an apron bomb. The officials are out. Owens comes back for more. And he is screaming. And um, like Dexter, he has tried to suppress his urge. And he snapped. He snapped, and, yeah. But we don't know if it's because he, you know, truly is evil or if it's because of all of this misunderstanding. You know, last week... um. Perhaps he was actually groggy and simply covered Big E not knowing what he was doing. This week, nobody believing him. And then ultimately ending with Big E unintentionally. Or was it intentional on Big E's part? Costing him a victory via countout. So I think the story is being well told. I thought, you know, if this is to be considered, quote unquote, a turn for Owens, I thought it was well executed throughout this episode. Match, outcome aside, you know, it was a good match. And they got to where they needed to. So I, I, I do think if you want to tell the story, probably a more satisfying way to, to do it, I have to think, you know, with, with the finish to this match. But it worked in setting up the turn at the end and sets him sets Kevin Owens on course for a biggie feud. Yeah, uh, I, I would say I think you can summarize this Raw with the, you know, I, I enjoyed the main event. I think it was the strongest thing on the show. You got an angle at the end with Owens. Uh, that, that stuff was good. Uh, the rest, it was... Like, it just seemed like it was lengthier matches than we necessarily needed. It did somewhat feel like filling time. Um, the, the wrestling ranged on this show, but it largely came down to uh, the Owens, Seth Rollins, Big E stuff as the key stuff that if you missed Raw, that was that was the central stuff. Sure, I guess, yeah. Yep. The wrestling was fine. I don't watch the show for, for good wrestling, though. 
It's I more so watch it for like significant story plot points and you had that with Owens, I suppose. Um, Dewdrop turned, although that was far had far less fanfare. Uh, what is it? You know this this Dominic thing they're setting up between Ray and and Bobby Lashley. So that I thought that that was done, you know, decently well. And then um, what else? What else was significant on this? I mean, uh, Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch. Yeah, you know, setting do. that up. Yep. Um. Yeah, this is a very straightforward show. I mean, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't uh, say it was uh, th- there was a whole lot coming out of this episode. Um, I think I think your your enjoyment will range based on your your interest in several of these stories and where they're going. Primarily the the main event picture that has at least some interesting turns that they're doing, and I think Owens, especially in a heel role, I think can enhance the show a lot if we're going to see more more promo work from him and be more of a focused character on this show that he's sort of just been in the background since that Roman Reigns program ended many, many months ago. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's an elevation, but primarily though, it's you have your central figures that the show is revolving, revolving around in a Becky Lynch in a Bianca Belair in a biggie. Um, maybe I guess even a Seth Rollins, if you want to consider that, but then everybody else is just kind of there to, you know, play around that, those nucleuses, nuclei. Um, and Biggie and Kevin Owens happens to be one of them this week. So we'll see if it's a elevated, um, sustained elevation or if it's just one for this month. But still, it's an improvement for what he was doing before. Do you see that? Because uh, they've announced for this Friday for SmackDown, Roman Reigns against Woods. Uh, and they did the big uh, angle with with Kofi Kingston last week and the, the beatdown at the end of SmackDown. Like, obviously, I think we're going to get at least one uh, crossover episode of, of talent and, and maybe more, but can you see this Friday kind of starting to get your stuff in motion for Roman Reigns and Big E? Because that is, I mean, you have two episodes left of, you, you have next week's Raw and the two SmackDowns, and then we're at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see him throwing like a verbal jab, you know? Um, I feel like Big E appearing, maybe they'll have that be a surprise, sure. They, they, they could, maybe they even should this this far out. I, I I think there's you know that that six man tag between the New Day versus the Bloodline is one that I I would love to see. I don't know if they would actually do it. I, it'd be to me, it's kind of silly that they don't because I don't know I, if you'd th- be to be in a quite honest way. Like I I think there's a very good possibility of at Survivor Series we don't want to necessarily beat either guy. Um, and I wouldn't even advocate for the option of Reigns beating Big E right now that I think the six man would have been the better way to go. If you had a great angle to set it up, uh, you started it on Friday. I think people would be more into that than Reigns and Big E that how do we book our book our, book our way around this when we, we don't really want to just establish one as the the underneath champion to the superior one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would get you out of that booking situation, but they also want to promote this champions versus champions gimmick at Survivor Series to make that feel like it's a big match. And it is a big match, you know, Big E versus Roman. So um, you, you're just going to have to take a bit of a disputed finish coming out of it, probably. But I think for a TV match, you know, you could I, Bloodline versus Usos would definitely be great. Now it's like now it gets to the point, though, where are they suddenly going to be sticklers for this brand versus brand thing? Um, and keep the divisions apart because they don't want to go back on it by not having Big E jump. 
may I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But I'm I'm I am surprised that they haven't really been hitting at home as much, you know, two weeks out. Maybe it's maybe it's Friday, maybe it's Monday. Maybe Adam Pierce can contact the head of SmackDown and they can negotiate uh, a fair outcome. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Forum.postwrestling.com. Uh, <laughs> man. I probably shouldn't even put these up anymore. Like, what's the point? People aren't watching the show. If they're voting, they're, they're probably... I don't even know if they're actually watching anyway. Two people yeah. voted, everybody, in this poll, and the rating is one. So I don't even think we take it seriously. All right. Well, on that note, folks, there you go. There's your re- review of Raw. We have one piece of feedback. Steve says, I did not particularly like the show. Why did they make Otis look like he has... Oh, I don't want to say that. Why does Rhea Ripley always look like she's just about to burst into a crying fit? This is just like if I was playing TEW and used the autobooker option to book the show. What was the whole beginning? I was half paying attention, but it seemed like the draft doesn't matter or something. Steve... If you're not paying attention, then I I don't think you should be commenting, Steve. Agreed. All right. Uh, that is it. We're going to wrap things up. Tuesday, we're back. Uh, we will have a new show out during the day. Uh, check out the Eternals review with Wei Ting and WH Park. That will be out for cafe members. And then Tuesday night, up next with Braden and Davey as they will review Mandy Rose from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the <laughs> USA Network and Sportsnet 360 in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Up next, yeah, lots of stuff going on with them. They also do it. Uh, AEW review called BD Elite. That's also out on Wednesday nights as well, and of course everything on their Patreon, including the Sesh, the Sesh, where they will have the latest on Succession, the latest episode. Brandon from New Jersey breaking mm-hmm. down the the father son dynamics of Logan and Kendall. Yeah. A memorable episode, to say the least. It was actually very good, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. All right. That's it for us, everyone. We're tapped out. We're done. Another Raw in the books. I'm going to go rewatch it uh, as his way. <laughs> and we'll talk to you on Tuesday.